Welcome to the Social Minute, podcast of the Social Network Minute by Minute, and today we are going to be covering minute number 52, which goes from 51 to 5159. Uh, we start with some shenanigans in a bathroom, um, <laughs> although I, over here we call them toilets. Um, and, uh, you know, once we get to the end of those shenanigans, uh, Mark and uh, Eduardo stand outside the toilet guarding it uh, for the ladies in their life. And we get a cameo from the one of the Winklevoss twins, but in his natural state, as Josh Pence walks by. And uh, they assure him that, you know, uh, there are some ladies in there, you know, so give him a couple of minutes. And to which he simply says, sweet. Um, and they both smile and say, we have groupies. And that is where the minute ends with them both kind of smirking. It is the happiest that we will ever see Eduardo and Mark in this film because it's all downhill from now on um, as we head into the second hour of the film. Uh, joining me to talk about today is Tim Holsizer. Hello, Tim. G'day. Um, yeah, so most of this scene, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the uh, the script description from Aaron Sorkin. Uh, so I guess you could label this as erotica if you wished, um, as he as he kind of says um, that they're in a nice men's room, mahogany stalls. To me, I don't think that the stalls look particularly mahogany, but then the <laughs> lighting is very kind of like dark. And so I, I don't know that we can really kind of tell if they're mahogany. I don't know if that really reads on the screen. We can hear it. This is, you know, it's unusual in this film, but we get some diegetic music. We just get this kind of kind of club generic club music in the background um and we've already had Eduardo and Christy kind of come in we see Christy's high heels and then we kind of move up and it says in one of the wooden stalls the doors fly open Eduardo is shoved in followed by Christy who did the shoving which you know is a nice way of describing that um she's all over him as he presses him uh, she presses him back against the divider so obviously Christy is the one in control. And then Eduardo's hands are sliding under Christy's white shirt and finding uh, the red bra. Now, the red bra was something we saw when they were at the lecture. Um, she kind of had a, an extra button open to kind of entice Eduardo with this bra. Um, mm. And then they hear a noise. And this is where, you know, someone has gone into the next stall and Eduardo says shit very quietly and, whisper, <laughs> and whispering. And Christy says, I don't care. And then, you know, there's a bit. I like that moment because Andrew Garfield kind of just smiles a little bit. And then, uh, you know, Christy basically pins him as she unbuckles his belt. Um, and then she kind of heads down uh, towards the bottom of the frame. Um, mm -hmm. And we hear the sound of moaning. And then we kind of cut to outside before we get to see any real action. Um, and you just see Mark and Eduardo, as, dis as directed in the script, standing guard outside the door. Um, and, you know, <laughs> as identified in the script, he's simply labeled as club guy. Um, which is Josh Pence's role. Uh, he wanders over and, you know, he nods saying sweet once told that there's some girls in the men's room. And then, you know, Eduardo says we have groupies and that is where the minute ends. Um, I don't know how much there is really, like, in terms of content in this minute, but, like, um, I, something I will say is when the Crimson reviewed this, uh, because, of course, you know, it makes sense that they would review this film, um, they had harsh criticisms for the character of Christy, saying that she was portrayed as, you know, a nymphomaniac to start off with and then, you know, a psycho by the time we get to, you know, later on in the film. And basically they didn't feel she was much of a character. Um, I don't I, like I don't know how accurate this is to whoever was dating Eduardo at the time. Um, you know, and and obviously at the Caribbean night, you know, the, Eduardo pointed out that, you know, uh, Asian girls like him. So, so um, it was it was kind of interesting that then literally kind of like two scenes later, 
you know, Christy is kind of um, coming on to Eduardo, uh, you know, via the medium of Facebook, but first in real life. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, this I personally, I, you know, as nice as this men's room is, as, mu- as much mahogany as there is in there. Uh, this is not really an environment where I would want to engage in any kind of sexual acts. I mean, well, um, in, in this instance, I'm I'm well qualified to uh, discuss this because I am from New Hampshire and we we spent a lot of time in Boston. I've been in Cambridge and at music clubs a lot. I like to see concerts, and I have to tell you that there is no club in Cambridge close to this nice. They're they're all filthy and disgusting. I would never want to have any kind of action in one of those places. Uh, well, there you go. This is why I brought you on. You are the expert in the Cambridge club scene. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think obviously you know, what this is what this is doing for us in terms of the story is just um, it, it's basically kind of papering over the cracks. Eduardo and Mark had been arguing about the cease and desist letter quite vigorously in the previous few minutes. Uh, you know, we've seen in the deposition that Mark, you know, the deposition that featured Eduardo as a, you know, as a witness, finally, we've seen how kind of angry Mark has got at the whole deposition thing. So this is kind of almost like saying here is the final time that Eduardo and Mark did something that they enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it only came about because of Facebook. Um, you know, were it not for Facebook, then maybe Christy would not have introduced herself and Alice to, you know, Mark and Eduardo. Um, but because they were the people who invented Facebook, that is the reason that she wanted to, you know, get close to them. Um, also, of course, Andrew Garfield is a very handsome young man. So, um, you know, I, I don't know why Brenda Song wouldn't want to get with somebody like Andrew Garfield, you know. Um, so, <laughs> so it, you know, uh, and, and I, I, I do, I kind of like as well how, um, I mean, you know, people people can kind of quibble over what's happening in the scene, but I do. Even in the script, it's directed that Christie is the one in charge. So, and how you know throughout it, Eduardo is kind of shell shocked that you know this is where it's led. You know, obviously he was the one who was eager to say they wanted to get drinks tonight, but but the fact that he's kind of in a men's room with this woman. It, it's like he seems slightly dazed as to exactly what's going on um and then obviously very happy at what's going on mm. um and and then you know him and him and mark standing outside the door is probably one of the funnier shots in the film because um you know it it just it, it does it's very rare that fincher kind of does this but he does like the gilligan cut of like you know just suddenly jumping straight outside with a sharp cut and then there you are you know like edward and mark uh, eduardo and mark should i say very happy <laughs> um, and in dis- directed in the script, silent but very happy, and that is like the kind of the the screenshot of the two of them just standing outside the door, being really happy and like kind of n- kind of almost not believing what has just happened. You know, like something that they clearly, you know, uh, before this point they've they've clearly both had girlfriends, but they haven't had you know women who are this kind of enthusiastic or um, you know in charge basically. Mm. Um, right. So, but I I think it's funny as well because what's going to happen in the next minute. It will it will completely sour this whole thing. <laughs> so it's nice that we get this very one this little moment of happiness uh, just before in the next minute everything kind of you know takes a, a very distinct turn. Mm. Um, you know, and but also it's nice to see Josh Pence. Um, you know, if I mean if you ever watch any of the behind the scenes stuff, you know Josh Pence was on set as much as Army Hammer. You know, every time there's a scene with the Winklevoss twins, it both of them are on set. 
Um, both of them are acting, and then later on, his face is digitally replaced. Um, you know, with performances that were then given. You know, on most of the second run throughs by Army Hammer. Um, so you know, he kind of had to. Um, he had to be there as as much as Army Hammer, but obviously you never get to see his face. Um, and I think that was one of the kind. The weird thing is that was one of the big selling points of this film was like they've cast you know this guy as the Winklevoss twins, but he's not a twin. Um, and you know, kind of if you think of any films where people have had twins previously, generally it has been that you know there would be uh, you, you know kind of twin actors would be cast. Uh, I guess as a as like an acting twin, that would be like a big plus. <laughs> it's like any roles where you're a twin. Obviously, I'm excluding the film Twins from this, where you know obviously Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger were playing twins, and also that film with uh, Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin, where they also played twins. Um, they oh, paid, I forgot about that. They played a pair of twins each, where they got se- they got separated at birth, and then they were raised, and then they find each other later on. I only say that because Bette Midler was one of my mom's favorite actresses. Uh, I say that as if she's dead. She's not dead. She's still alive. But I don't know if her preferences <laughs> on actresses have changed. And she she watched that quite a lot uh, when I was young, and it was like one of her favorite films. Of like, I can't even remember the title of it. Um, Nor can I. Uh, yeah, but like the pre- the premise was these twins got separated and then found themselves later on. Um, you know, obviously during the eighties there were a lot of comedies where you know babies got swapped in hospitals and all that kind of thing, and it was like it was a joke. It was hilarious when people got ripped from their own families. Uh, oh, was it Big Business? I guess was the name. Big Business, yes. I was thinking Risky Business, but I know that's not correct because that's the Tom Cruise film. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, the the Big Business part comes from the fact that they they all end up as like successful business women who meet through some kind of deal or something and then they find out that they were twins that were separated at birth and you know there's a lot of split screen trickery going on in that film um i do i I think i remember a scene where one set of twins get in an elevator and then the other set of twins emerge from the next elevator and they nearly meet but they don't and and it's clear that it's just like a split screen with two elevators and they've just filmed it at two different times but if they're in big if they're in big business do they ever get to be in any exciting depositions like this film (laughs) no Uh. it's mostly running around in in kind of shoulder padded suits (laughs) <laughs> um, that is most of the film as I remember it I, it's been a long time since I saw that film but uh, yeah uh, you know Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin both delightful in the film but not not one that I can particularly remember after I don't know like 30 years since it was since it came out indeed um, I want to say 80 I don't know 87 something like that I think you're um, right yeah um, but yeah so you know it, it, the fact that, that Josh Pence was on set all the time basically <laughs> and nobody ever got to see his face uh, is is you know it's nice that they just give him a, a very brief cameo here. Obviously, if you don't know who he is, he's just a guy walking by. And if you do know who he is, then it's just a nice little thing of like, oh, that's the other wing. Like the the size of him kind of gives it away a little bit <laughs> because you're right. like, how conspicuous that this extremely tall gentleman happens to be the guy who walks past. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, identified only as club guy. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, like like you say, you know the. This probably is just a fantasy of wherever this exists. You know, um, Aaron Sorkin is identifying it as Cambridge, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I doubt that there are, aside from, I don't know, fan, some fancy restaurants somewhere, like uh, where they charge thousands a plate, I don't think there's really any kind of places where um, these kind of bathrooms are really clean enough for anyone to do anything um, other than expel their bowels or miturate. <laughs> It's also really hard to find uh, a bathroom 
anywhere in Cambridge, so I don't think you'd ever have a time when it's like totally quiet except for you and your your paramour, you know? Yeah, and also probably not quiet enough that you can just go to a guy who needs to use the facilities. Oh, there's some girls in there. You have to go somewhere else. Like, and I don't think he'd be that chill about it. If I was that guy, I'd be like, I'm coming to this toilet because I need I need to pee. I need to relieve myself. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, where do you expect me to go? Like, um, I'll just go in this pint you know. glass. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> yeah, at least you two had fun. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm probably gonna get some kind of bladder infection here. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the story of Club Guy. Died later of a bladder infection. Aww. Uh So, <laughs> so uh, I don't think like there's a huge amount to cover in this minute. It's just you know that final moment of happiness uh, before, as we'll get into the next couple of minutes. Mark in particular ends up spiraling off just a little bit. Um, uh, is there anything else that you think we need to cover about this minute, or is that pretty much it? Mm, I can't think of anything uh, pressing. Uh, it's yeah. Well, then the question for Tuesday is: uh, When did you join Facebook? Uh that would be uh, 2007, I believe. I I wasn't in college around that time. I I knew some people that were, so I'd been hearing about it, but I had to wait until it was open to everybody. Yeah. Um, and so I joined, yeah, it was that era, looking back at the uh, Facebook memories it shows me every day, I guess it was that era where every every uh, status update started with your name is dot dot dot, and then you would fill it in. Yeah. So all of my old statuses <laughs> from back then start with like a verb, going to the store, <laughs> sitting in front of his computer. That, that, I mean, I have a feeling one of my first ones was probably is updating his status. Yeah. Like... You know, that's as meta as we got uh, in the early days. Yeah, yeah, that kind of weird forced thing. And I something as well that I don't think many people talk about, but obviously the introduction of Facebook memories was a way for Facebook to attack TimeHop, which was obviously just like a harmless app that just kind of mined, you know, your old statuses and brought them back on specific days. And then Facebook were like, no, 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 we can't have people using TimeHop on Facebook. Let's introduce our own version of that. Right. Um, you know, so it's kind of funny that like Facebook, like these days people kind of even comment on what Facebook memories kind of brings up. Um, but it's interesting to think of like that being a feature that was specifically introduced to quash somebody else from doing the same thing on their platform. Yeah. Anything, anything they can do to keep you from clicking away from the site at all. Um, I don't know. I like, I don't know what the status of time hop is these days, but I find it funny when people's Facebook memories are of a time hop thing <laughs> so, <laughs> so like they used time hop like six years ago or something and then this is like the anniversary of them doing that and it's like for a status that was three years previous so it's it's kind of these weird you know uh, wheels inside of wheels yeah um but yeah i, I it's yeah it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny because uh like facebook i mean you know as this film shows it was talked about a lot before it became available to the general public and you know, I think that move to kind of make it available to everyone was was kind of one of those things where um, that happened after these lawsuits finished, actually. Mm. So it might have been a decision to be like, look, we need we need to expand the user base pretty quick, and the best way to do that is to just make it open to anybody with like you know a, a, an email address, yeah. um, and that way we can kind of pick up a lot more people. Um, so anyway, I feel like we've covered everything that we can about this minute. Um, you know, so uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Tim? Mm, not particularly. I don't know. Have a sandwich. Sandwiches are good. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minute or on Facebook at social minute podcast. Uh, thanks as well for being my guest here today, Tim. So happy to be here. And I'll see you tomorrow.